Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. We haven't even started and I'm already being called wrong. That's the... The best part of this, well, this is the uh, the PHNX Rising podcast presented by the DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's number one sportsbook app. I'm Owen Evans. Apparently, I'm wrong, according to Michael here in the chat. Again, I haven't said anything in this show already, but he's already commenting on, on Twitter and everything else. Joined, of course, by Max Simpson. Max, how are you doing? Are you I'm, wrong or are you I'm, just chilling? I, I'm chilling. Um, I'm, I, I, I agree. It's a great, it's a great start to the show already. You're wrong. Uh, playoff, playoff dream still alive. I love it, man. Oh, and we're the energy vampires, man. I, I know that was before. Oh, when I joined, no, 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 no. We're talking about energy vampires again. <laughs> I suppose it is, it is October. Halloween is around it the is. corner. Spooky, spooky season. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this, energy vampires i suppose maybe maybe needed maybe needed but um anyway <laughs> welcome in uh we've got a lot to talk through today of course phoenix rising traveling to rgv this weekend they're actually uh traveling now i believe uh, they're currently in transit to uh texas meanwhile of course games yesterday what does that leave the playoff picture looking like again it's a it's a stretch but we can mm-hmm. still talk about it and there are some other footballing stories that I'm sure we can, of course, talk about as well. But you know what, Max? Let's kick off straight ahead looking at this game. RGV, they played yesterday, actually. They yeah. played against Memphis 901. They were 2-0 down on the road with a heavily rotated side. They then brought the starters on in the second half and suddenly managed to find themselves two goals to come back and draw it to all just how much of a blow do you think for rising's hopes at least that draw was yeah i mean in if you if you look at the actual table i mean it definitely they shift shift up shift up a little bit and it definitely doesn't help um from a moral standpoint yeah you bring on you bring on you know they had two of the uh, rgv had two of their three top goal scorers starting on the bench they come on in the second half um both of their goals right like I mean, they were off deflections and like really horrible deflections where if if that wasn't deflected, I really think those are going in kind of uncontested. It was kind of really a crapshoot, but that happens and you can't really you can't really chalk it up to nothing like they are legit goals. So I don't know, like I think I think RGV had some sparks. I think Memphis should have won the game and I know they're going to be hard done by drawing, but for, if you're rising, you do take solace in the fact that they had to bring on their starters towards the you know middle of the second half. Maybe they're still going to be a bit worn from a Wednesday game, and you just have to take it to them. I mean, it's definitely a blow that they came away with a draw, and they you know RGV probably did gain a bit of confidence from that. But you can only play who's in front of you, and you just got to you just got to roll with it, man. Like I, I don't know, like the RGV didn't play spectacularly, but they did enough to earn the draw convincingly. So, so we'll see how Rising responds to that. Yeah, and I think the thing that was interesting most about that is that despite all the changes, RGV actually made eight changes to their starting mm-hmm. lineup. Every single outfield player that was on the bench had started on the weekend. Yeah, and there were a couple of others that were dropped then outside of that as well. They'd made so many changes to the lineup that I was expecting them to at least look a lot worse than they did. Don't get me wrong, Memphis are one of the top teams in this league. 
did they look all right yesterday? Of course they did. But mm. RGV didn't look completely out of it. It didn't feel as though the way that they scrapped themselves back into that game was just by pure fluke. They still had chances. They had chances in the first half as well. They could have brought it themselves level by the break. And I, I don't know. It's just gutting when you see the second goal goes in in the second half. You think, okay, 2-0 to Memphis. Surely they're not going to throw this away. And then they do. They yeah. do, because RGV, as you said, though, it, it was lucky. They took some awkward bounces. Both goals did. The second goal was an own goal. But it's just disappointing when you, you feel as though the result is probably going to go Rising's way, and then it just doesn't. Yeah, no, for sure. Frustrating. I mean, you see, you look at the shot chart that game, um, RGV outshot Memphis really by double uh, their their shot total, edged them in possession. Um, they were the more physical team. Like, overall, it you can see why the scoreline reflected it, even if Memphis does go up 2-0 and you think, okay, this is in the bag. Um, I guess if you look over the fair game, like, I don't know. It's it's a tough result either way. I get where some people think it's justified. Other people think it's not. My big concern is, you know, we've seen rising when they concede first. It's guaranteed a loss. And while RGV did not concede first, they, or excuse me, while they didn't score first, they scored the two goals at the end. It kind of makes you think, well, if that's how they're going to play when they're from behind, imagine when, you know, the start of the game, they're on level terms. They had a bit of a tough go of it against Memphis, but they got to be licking their chops against a rising team where, you know, if you're even able to sneak one early, even if you are winded, even if you're playing, even if you just played three days before, you have a really good shot to control the game if you are able to strike first. And the way that they were dribbling, the way that they were attacking Memphis's fullbacks head on, that's going to be trouble, especially consider how rising plays and knowing the personnel back there. It could be a long one, man. We'll see. It could indeed be. It could indeed be. But of course, you're talking about the fight back. We saw that earlier this season when they played Rising. They did bring it level despite falling behind here back in August. Rising did win that game, though. They won it 2-1 at home. Let's talk about some of the players on that RGV team, though, that we think might make a difference here. To me, some of the guys in those midfield who everything is going to be run through, presuming they're out there, Emilio Icaza, uh, Isidro Martinez, they are both guys that you expect to... Again, just the play in the midfield is going to go through them. They are two of the top teams, the top players, sorry, on the team in terms of uh, passes, top players on the team in terms of chances created, top players on the team in terms of assists. These guys really run the show in a lot of ways. And not only that, but when you look at Emilio Ecaza, he's third on the team in interceptions. He gets stuck into a lot of duels in the middle of the park. I really think that he could prove to be a very, very pivotal player for RGV. 100% and you know if I'm remembering correctly he's also third on the team in goals so he can also not only help provide that shift in from the uh, passing standpoint but also he can you know bag a goal when he needs to I mean for me I know I mentioned it at the top but like the fact that they brought on their two top goal scorers at the end and you know they've been looking pretty pretty like in form in recent weeks um, I'm gonna butcher his name but uh, uh Friedberg uh number Skelberg Ah, uh, yep. Fjeldberg, uh, I think. Yeah, I yeah, think. Yeah, Fjeld, Fjeldberg. Fjeldberg? Okay, all right. Um, I yeah, don't we'll know. Any, we'll find out at some point. Yeah, any any Norwegians in the chat, please correct me, please. Like, tell, roast me. Tell me I'm wrong on that. But, um, you know, he fa he found the goal. He found the back of the net. Oh, gosh, I believe it was one or two matches ago. You know, came on, looked pretty effective in this one. He's that guy who... You know, he operates a bit as that like kind of tweener, number nine, number 10 at times can facilitate. He drops in deeper, but then makes those runs in behinds. And they love those through balls. And we've seen that rising. They just do not stack up well with those balls in behind. I'm, you know, I think though between him and uh, give me a sec. And what's this called? And Pinzon. I believe that both of those guys, like, you know, they're, they're their top goal scorers. They have a, they're a good run of form. And yeah, man, like it, it can be just a tough go of their rising. Doesn't like, like they keep on facing these teams who they have those runs in behind. And it's just not going to be good news for them if they get going early. Yeah. And Fjellberg, a guy who joined them last season, he came on loan to RGV late. Uh, we were almost, a bit worried having seen some moments of quality out of him towards mm. the end of that last season that he wasn't uh thankfully he wasn't playoff eligible 
Um, of course, Rising still lost that game in the playoffs against mm-hmm. RGV, but he wasn't playoff eligible last year. He hadn't managed to get the requisite number of games in. So this year, a little bit different now. He's maybe not scored as many goals as I was quite expecting him to with a full season down in, in USL, but We'll see, we'll see. There's one other guy I'm going to point out as well who can be quite dangerous in the attack. It's Ricky Ruiz. Uh, I mentioned the guys earlier who a lot of the stuff goes through them. Ricky Ruiz is also very good passing the ball with the ball at his feet up in that Mm -hmm. final third. He's got a lot of assists this season. So just make sure to keep an eye on him as well. Now let's slightly flip it around. From Phoenix Rising's perspective now, what do we think they're going to do going into this game? I mean, if we've seen the lineup uh, based on previous matches, you know, it's going to be maybe a slight personnel tweak here or there, but we keep on thinking that, or maybe not thinking, we keep on looking for Juan Guerra to change out some personnel, you know, people that we've said multiple times, they maybe haven't had the sharpest one of form, not only as of late, but really over the entire season. You know, we're talking our, you know, our, our Santi Moars, our, you know, in to some extent, Babu and, you know, those kind of characters. I'm curious because I don't think it's going to facilitate a formation change. And it really does beg the question for me, like, how much do you deviate from that Red Bulls win? Because what does it, what did that tell you? Right. Like to me, if you're looking at performers, I mean, if you're going up top, who's the number nine, you know, you always have your pick of JJ Williams or Hurst. I personally think if you're looking at this kind of, you know, this type of game to me, Hurst, where you're able to kind of have him dribble and attack at that back line who sat, has sat in back pretty deep in their box on a lot of games where they're able to have forwards drives drive against them. RGV do not like to apparently go out and win the ball in that final third. Um, I kind of see Hurst going in that. And I really Really, really, really like, um, <clears throat> excuse me, blanking, blanking, blanking. I really like uh, Torres on this one because I know that we talked about a bit in, Re- in Red Bull t- against Red Bulls where he was able to come in from the outside, slant in, and you see this game again. A lot of how uh, Memphis's goals were scored were from the wing, cutting in a bit. I know the first one was kind of off the post, and that was just a, a bit of a crapshoot. But the rest of it, like they had a lot of a chances where they're just going at RGV's fullbacks, kind of one-on-one, especially that second goal, little hesitation, gets past the guy, and then it's a shot in from there. Like I would just say play the guys who give you the best chance to run at the defense because that's where they're vulnerable. And to me, starting Torres, starting Hurst, that's the move for me. That's the interesting one, of course, because I, I think um, not Torres. We're, we're all somewhat expecting he probably should start. He's put in two very good performances. It's whether you go with Hurst or Williams. And the difficult one there is that Williams, of course, came off the bench, gets two assists and a goal. And it's hard to tell a guy who's come off the bench and gotten that kind of production. Oh, we still want you on the bench. Mm-hmm. It's it's difficult. But I mean, the, the, uh, the thing to that is that there's always, I suppose, the possibility that you move people around a bit more. Santimo did get, he has gotten some assists recently, actually, yeah. so he's improved a little bit. But do you look at perhaps having a guy like Santi on the bench and then you can play Hurst in, you know, more of that kind of number 10 kind of role rather than relying on him to lead the line and then you can have JJ Williams at the top? Or do you maybe even slightly tweak it up a little bit more and play with more two more advanced forwards in the J.J. Williams and Greg Hurst and have only Arturo behind them. So it's more of a a 1-2 rather than a 2-1. I mean, I think we've been clamoring uh, for that for a while. I think it's just the issue is we haven't seen it to this point and we haven't even really seen it much for a plan B. I just think it'd be very tough unless that's something that they have been strategically thinking about in practice. This kind of laid on to, okay, let's switch our formation, even if it gives us a better advantage to really play with that two forward system and kind of shift it up from here. I really do think that if you're trying to build that solidity, even if it is at the detriment of maybe not having all of your best 11 players out at one time, I think how you kind of rock the cohesion could really be make a, make a, a negative difference. So I say like, go with your one forward to me again, I pick Hurst, but I would not, hate if it's JJ Williams based on his recent run of form. Um, you know, I, I've seen some comments here, right? Like I, I see 
I see uh, Bobby in the chat saying like Sejas has to start. I, I, I like him too in there. I like him, a combination of Sejas, little Torres, and maybe just like overload the midfield with some guys who are agile um, and, and just really have a lot of movement in there because like you're saying, RGV has a very, very mobile um, midfielders and we need speed to counteract that. Otherwise, it's going to be a long day on the pitch. Worth noting as well, and I will say this, to me, if you're dealing with speed, I would prefer not to see two of the back three being James Musa and Joe Farrell. I feel as though you can get away with one of those and it can be perfectly fine. I don't feel that when you have the two of them there, that necessarily works because they do have a tendency on times to get beaten. Now, it is worth noting, of course, that Kev Lambert will be back from this game. He's missed the last two, one due to international duty, one due to a yellow card accumulation suspension. But to me, you just can't really have the two of Joe Farrell and James Musa outside of necessity. I'm not sure that I want to see both of them out there at the same time. No, I, I agree. And I'll just really quick on on Lambert. I know that his natural position where I believe he's most effective, I believe we've talked before that I think his best position is in midfield. But he provides such an asset in the back line where we really have just been very shaky. And the fact that we have had the emergence in decent run of forms with, you know, a Torres, with a Seos, when they're able to drop back, kind of take up that number eight space. I say like, yeah, you got to move Lambert back there, even if that's not his best position, because he brings that solidity and he really brings that speed back there, which, yeah, I agree. That's why I would not want to start Musa and uh, Farrell at the same time back there. Like you kind of need to figure out those options relatively quickly. And again, like RGV, they have speed to burn. So I would put Lambert back there, roll the dice on that one. All right. Well, Max, I'm going to have to ask you the hard hitting question now. Mm -hmm. You're sitting down to watch the RGV against Phoenix Rising game. Which beer are you going for? Oh man! Uh, give me, give me gold. Give me the golden lager. Take golden it, yeah. lager from where is that from? Uh, I think it is uh, that place with the four peaks. Yes, that is it. No valleys, no Rio Grande Valley here. It's all about four peaks, baby. The exact opposite of what a valley is, uh, according to my geo ge geologist friends. <laughs> uh, yeah, but four peaks. Grab yourself a four peaks. I'd be going with a golden lager. What would you be drinking, Owen? Well, I'm going to be at the stadium, so I probably shouldn't be drinking. Yes, but we're saying hypothetically uh, here. Hypothetically, I'd probably stick with the WoW. The WoW is a nice, easy now, drinker. Now, the question is, it's hopefully it's a WoW like, wow, and not a, oh, wow. After the <laughs> It's all about how you, how you accent it, yes. Yeah, just a little bit, just a little yeah. bit. But of course, make sure to keep your eye out. We have got some pretty cool events coming up in the works at the moment with our friends over at Four Peaks. So stay tuned for more information. And of course, if you're going to join in with the Four Peaks drinking on Saturday, watching the game, whether it be for uh, good reasons or bad reasons, remember to enjoy responsibly and that you must be 21 or over. Now, Saturday could prove to be a pretty big day. I got a quick one real quick. Just oh, if, if, if anyone needs the motto, win or lose, we still booze. There we go. There we go. There we, there go. we go. Anyway, Saturday could be a pretty <laughs> big day for Phoenix Rising. Of course, a loss will eliminate them from playoff contention. There are a lot of other games going on as well. We should have been in a position now where we were staring at a table where everybody had played 32 games. Everyone had played the same number of games. And then New Mexico happened. So yesterday's game, New Mexico against LA Galaxy 2, that game was called off after seven minutes of play. The reason? <laughs> it had been raining, and when you try and mix rain with those really bad baseball surfaces, it's not safe. Nope. So the temporary turf that they'd put down over the infield, over the infield dirt, just wasn't in good shape. Mm -hmm. And the biggest problem with that is... It's not going to fix itself, is it? Because it kept raining, kept raining, kept raining. There's no like taking root of any of that grass. So the officials ultimately abandoned the match. So that game called after seven minutes. We're waiting to see. I don't believe they've yet announced the 
date when that game will now take place. But yeah, it it should have been looking a lot clearer quite what is going on. But no, no, it, it isn't at the moment. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. What, what's interesting about all of this one here is that New Mexico actually did tweet today saying, we're fighting to secure a rescheduled date and we'll update you as soon as we have more information. Uh, they also put stuff about here like, oh, this is what dedication looks like. The chance of let them play. Let them play on what? An unsafe playing surface because you won't provide a reasonable playing surface. You want to play in a baseball stadium that's in, quite frankly, tragic shape. Even when the weather is good, that field isn't good. Yeah. I, I mean, it's it's not, it's not safe. Look, it, the way that that pitch was cutting up over the infield dirt just wasn't particularly safe. I, I'm not sure what op- options the referee really had other than to call that game off. I mean, a, a lot of the times that like, exactly. And it's, it's frustrating because I understand from the fan standpoint, like, yeah, let them play, go on with it. And of course people are probably saying, Oh, well, there's much worse pitches. You've played in worse weather. You can play through rain. Not when it's that kind of service. And especially when it comes from, uh, you know, that baseball surface. I, I mean, I've seen it firsthand. Referees are literally going to walk down, especially on the corner part where, you know, and during the corner flags where the grass kind of overlaps with the um, diamond. They will literally walk over that thing, I swear, two, three, four times. And if it's not to their standards, they will make the ground screw go back, re you know, resurface it with grass. And like, it, I've seen it sometimes where that's an hour before kickoff. And they don't care if it, you know, they, of course, don't want to delay the game, but they will make sure that that is playable surface. I'm actually kind of surprised if it was that bad that they really even let them have a go with it after, you what, like nine minutes and then a cancellation. Uh, I think to me, that's kind of tough. Like, I would rather just have you delay the game a bit, make sure it's playable and then go from there. But so be it. It's at the referee's discretion for a reason. And yeah, I've heard some pretty awful things about uh, New Mexico's pitch. So it's tough, not surprising, but tough. Yeah, I think the thing that happened with that more than anything is that it's just hard to replicate certain game time movements, let's sure. say, and just the nature of the way that when they got out there and had to run over that diamond and are going at full speed and cutting around and, yeah. you know, turning quickly, that grass was just cutting up and was too slippery. And so it just... Yeah, I mean, I mean, the, the, funny, the funny thing is, is like when you see surfaces like that, it really is interesting how it dictates how teams play and they are legitimately going to avoid those portions of the field even if it goes against maybe their attacker their best attacker is on that side and it completely shifts how they think they will do that just so they avoid those bad areas of the pitch and people might say oh no it won't like oh that's just you know they have to suck at them deal with it I'm telling you, man, I've seen it so many times where like you do not want to go over that part of the the pitch where where, where the baseball diamond is. I do not care how well sawed it is. It's not it's not the same thing. It really isn't. Yeah, well, another game that did uh, actually get played this one, <laughs> unlike in uh, in Albuquerque, El Paso Locomotive won Colorado Springs Switchbacks four. Mitchie and Galena <laughs> with three goals there for the Switchbacks. They end up winning 4-1 their first time they've got a result or a win against El Paso Locomotive. First time they got a win against them. That one is interesting primarily because it keeps one thing alive, and that is the chance for Phoenix Rising to overtake El Paso Locomotive. It's still technically possible because of that loss. It would have been possible still with a draw, but it would have been very, very difficult at that point. We're about to get into what teams can and can't do going forward. Yeah, big result there. Not the best performance, to be frank, from El Paso, especially in that second half. It was one all at the break. Um, led to believe that their first goal was quite offside. Mm-hmm. But, uh, well, their only goal for El Paso was quite offside. But um, it is what it is. And Colorado Springs end up coming away with a win. So since I just mentioned we we're going to talk about who's ahead of Rising, who can do what, let's go through with those now. So I'm just going to talk us through team by team. These are all the teams that are ahead of Phoenix Rising. Let's start with New Mexico United. So they are currently in fifth. They are on 44 points, and they have three games to be played, one of which, of course, is that LA Galaxy 2 game at home. They will end the season at home against Colorado Springs Switchbacks, and they will travel away to San Diego Loyal 
on Sunday. Now, because New Mexico are on 44 points and they have the tiebreaker over Phoenix Rising because of the current situation where, well, because of the, the game, the, the utter mess of a game that was yeah. the 7-0 mm-hmm. send the kids because, yeah. yeah. Um, they hold the tiebreaker over Phoenix Rising. So, if New Mexico and United get one point out of LA Galaxy 2, San Diego Loyal, or Colorado Spring Switchbacks, they will finish above Phoenix Rising. So that's one point at any point will make sure they finish above Rising because Rising's maximum points at this point, 45. That's presuming they win both games. RGV, the big team they're playing this weekend. Mm -hmm. They play Rising, of course, on Saturday. They play Monterey Bay in Edinburgh the Saturday after. So if Rising win on this weekend, they will be one point behind RGV. But that's actually almost the problem here of what happened with them getting a point yesterday. That being that if they'd have lost yesterday, it would have been in Phoenix Rising's hands to finish above RGV. They now cannot do so unless RGV don't manage to get the results. Oh, don't get the result against Monterey Bay. Yep. So they're on 43 points. Again, if Rising win... On Saturday, they'll be on 42. So at that point, anything but an RGV win in the Monterey Bay game would open up the door for Phoenix Rising to overtake them. Now, the next team down the line, there are so many teams. So, the West is such a mess. I'm like that. I'm like that. Uh, you know, anyone that uh, Zach Alfanakis gif where it's like the numbers and everything are going on and he's in Vegas and he's trying to figure out what the calculations are. I think that's collectively everyone here. And it's certainly me. But uh, yeah, you know, keep, keep going. You're on a roll. I don't want to mess you up. Keep going. I will say, though, since Thomas is here saying have some hope, let's talk about them as we go through the likelihoods. I think New Mexico is unlikely. I don't think that Phoenix Rising will finish above New Mexico because New Mexico, I think, will get at least one point from those games. I think RGV is a possibility. Yeah. I feel as though if Phoenix Rising can get the win this weekend, then, again, RGV have to beat Monterey Bay to finish above Rising if Rising can knock off Atlanta 2, which, in all honesty, they should. Atlanta 2 are bad. Now, yeah, I, I was going to say, I mean, with and with new with New Mexico, I mean, it's kind of like a no duh out of those three matches. The L.A. Galaxy is the one that they should be able to take a point from. You never know what happens. But those other two loyal and switchbacks, two and three in the table, especially I don't care if they're going to be at home. You just saw switchbacks. They beat up on El Paso when they were at home. <sighs> We are still in the stage where we can have a bit of false hope and a bit of delusions of grandeur. After Saturday, it's a completely different story, but I I do expect them to take at least a point, especially from that LA Galaxy, but you do not know. But I I do agree that the RGV side is probably where it's going to be much more likely, especially where Rising has a bit more of control your own destiny. Like you mentioned, it's not completely, but if you're able to get that win and you take care of business... You're forcing RGV to go and win that last game, yeah. With a lot of the pressure on, yeah. Indeed it is, indeed it is. Right, let's move on to the next team, which is Oakland. Oakland currently sit on 43 points. They do hold the tiebreaker over Phoenix Rising, so that means they can be restricted to a maximum of one point over these next two games for Phoenix Rising to be able, able to overtake them. Those two games are Hartford Athletic away and Pittsburgh Riverhounds away i actually think it's possible they lose both those games i don't necessarily think it's the most likely outcome but i do think it's possible hartford have had a resurgence under tab ramos and -hmm. pittsburgh aren't mugs and both of those games away from home on the east coast that's difficult that's a difficult trip to make twice i feel as though there is a chance that oakland come out of that with either one or no points in which case it opens the door to phoenix rising no i i completely i mean you took the words right out of my mouth like anytime you travel east coast it's it's grueling especially like you can never especially where like you're not as familiar perhaps with those teams you you know you just you just don't know what's going to happen and especially if you're only you really can only have afford one point yeah man that's that's tough. Like I, I would not bank on them to win either of those matches, maybe draw both, but we'll see. 
It's well, a draw both, of course, isn't sufficient for Rising. Yes. No, I it get that. Would and mean that's, that Oakland finish ahead. And that's and that to me is the best case scenario. Realistically, I just don't. I don't see them winning either one. So they got to hope that they're drawing both. We'll see. Yeah, well, Michael here is enjoying himself in the chat. We've got the Tab Ramos superiority and uh, Bob Lilly the go. <laughs> Michael is really, really enjoying himself supporting all these teams, especially the ones out east. Now let's move on to the next team, also on 43 points. Everyone's on 43 points. But El Paso Locomotive, they are outside of the playoff positions at the moment. They sit in eighth. We will know, this is the key thing with El Paso, unlike the other teams involved in this, we will know their final points total before the final day of the season. That is because they play Orange County on Saturday. They travel to Tampa Bay on Wednesday. Tough stretch to end the season. Very tough stretch. (laughs) What are they going to do here? Here's what, well, we know that one point is not enough for them to guarantee that they finish ahead of Rising. A win or two points, two points would would be enough. Yep. So, from Rising's perspective, they draw against Orange County, they lose to Tampa Bay Rowdies. That's the ideal. It leaves the door open that Rising with two wins would leapfrog them. Now, I don't know if they do that against Orange County. I I, I think a Tampa Bay route a loss to Tampa Bay Rowdies away from home to me. Yes is a very plausible one, especially because Tampa Bay are still playing for seeding at that point. Um, I think they're still quite in the mix there with Memphis, especially with Memphis dropping points. Um, they're still in the mix for the number two seed in the East. So they're probably not going to just roll over and, and let that one go. But Orange County is a tougher one, especially because that game will be in El Paso. Orange County's last win by the time they play will be over a month ago, a month before. But they only they need to draw. That's the I, key thing. Here. I, I get that. I mean, I just don't see you're at the bottom of the table in the West. In the West. You, I don't know what you got to play they, for. They drew for against County. San Diego. I mean, you, you just got to. They drew away to Pittsburgh. <sighs> I understand a draw gets it to you, but like if you're, if you're El Paso, doesn't matter like you still are able to control your own destiny and especially when you're looking your chops against a team again i understand that orange county doesn't need a win you're playing against a team hasn't won in a month very poor run of form you're at home if you can't muster a a win is like that to me like you have to get a win but if you can't muster a draw that's sizable and that that to me that opens up a much bigger discussion but you it's going to take a lot to take the train completely off the tracks okay okay right now we're moving on (laughs) from locomotive now we will move to everybody's favorite team from nevada las vegas lights they're the only existing team from nevada that is um they've got two games coming up now they have miami fc at home which i know michael is about to i'm sure start spreading claudio repetto repetto propaganda in the chat (laughs) thank you in advance for that one michael and then they will travel away to play LA Galaxy 2. Las Vegas Lights are on 41 points. It's two games. And they do hold the tiebreaker over Phoenix Rising, which means they can get a maximum of three points. So the ideal scenario for Phoenix Rising here is that Vegas lose to Miami and then beat LA Galaxy 2, finish on 44 and rising of one out so that they're on 45. That's the ideal situation, really, because you don't want LA Galaxy picking up points either, particularly. Yeah, uh, going. I mean, what are they? They are. I mean, again, they're they're home. They're home against Miami. Um, that's gonna be. It's 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 a tough. It's a tough stretch, man. Um, I, I, the worst part about all these is like rising don't own the tiebreaker really in 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 you know the, a these lot scenarios. of these, yeah it's uh that makes it really tough and it's it's a lot to ask for especially when a lot of them are interplaying each other um i think that's just the fascinating part though is we just like we're like it's crazy how we're talking all this stuff and saturday is gonna roll through and it's gonna be a much clearer picture <laughs> 
Yeah, well, yeah. one thing to note here, of course, yeah, so Vegas, Rising doesn't have the tiebreak. El Paso, Rising doesn't have the tiebreak. Oakland, Rising doesn't have the tiebreak. And LA Galaxy 2, Rising doesn't have the tiebreak. In fact, the only two teams that Rising has the tiebreak over are RGV, presuming Rising win. If they don't mm-hmm. win anyway, it's yep, yeah, pretty much done. So yep. this is all a very moot conversation. And the only other one they have the tie together is Monterey Bay, who there is no scenario now where they can finish if Rising get the 45 points. There's no way that Monterey Bay can finish on 45. So, right. doesn't really work. But anyway, we'll move on to Monterey mm-hmm. Bay since I've just mentioned them there. Monterey Bay are traveling away this weekend. They will face FC Tulsa, Sam Doa's side. And then they travel away to RGV the following weekend. So, Monterey Bay can be restricted here to four points. So, actually, that's... You're asking them to drop points in one of those two games, and if Rising win out, they'll overtake Monterey Bay. Yeah, I mean, it's... uh... It's we were we were just talking about this a couple weeks ago how Monterey was on the doorstep of punching their ticket in and oh my have the turntables uh what yeah what a uh, you know who did that you know who derailed that train Greg Hurst and Malik Badawi pointing to the spot twice Uh, Braden Quinn to take them away. Monterey yeah. Bay were winning games. Uh, they had won three straight, and then they played Phoenix Rising in Seaside, drew three all. They then drew the following week and lost two since. You know, it's it's the interesting thing with all of these games is it's kind of a mix because on the one hand, you're gonna the teams. I feel you know every every game is a one off at this point, but. If you're riding the hot hand, I'm presuming you're going to win. If you're riding a cold streak, I'm presuming you're going to lose. It doesn't take much to say that, but I'm just riding form here. But the interesting thing is, it doesn't matter if you're able to just turn in a performance. Like nothing, I'm nothing. None of this stuff I'm saying is is revolutionary thinking, but it just goes to show that I don't know, man. Like I'll, I'll, like Monterey, I would have left them for dead, and the fact that they've slipped this far, I'm assuming I don't think they're going to make it, but. Who knows? All it takes is all it takes is a win, and they're right back in the picture. So, um, yeah, I don't know, man. It's 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 just a really it's really hard to predict this time around. Yeah, it's. Yeah. I just feel as though in this case, though, because Monterey are that bit closer, and again, it's literally they have to drop points once yeah. in any form, yeah. and Phoenix Rising winning out will overtake them. To me, really opens up a scenario where it, it's very possible that Rising, again, if they can win out could do this now the one other team in here that are still in play because of course orange county are not in play they've been eliminated they are way back six points behind rising the other one to note here la galaxy 2 now this is a slightly awkward one because much like new mexico they have an extra game to play that's that game against new mexico that we played sometime we don't know when we don't know how. We don't know what's going to happen. I mean, I'd be intrigued what the league do if they can't reschedule this. And we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. But um, they have two games coming up. That is LA Galaxy 2 playing Atlanta United 2. Then they host Vegas Lights. So I think that's where, again, as I said, if you can get that nice little, like, perfect little Vegas, get the... Get the win over them, but lose to Miami. You know, it looks better there. The problem you've got in all of this, of course, is that LA Galaxy held the tie break. So six points for them. So two wins and a loss will put them ahead of Phoenix Rising still on the tie break. So just yeah, to bear and I mean, mind. I mean, I was going to say, looking at those matches, um, I mean, first we'll go, we'll go with, we'll go with Atlanta United, right? Like, I don't know. You're at, you're at Weak home. Team. You're you're at home. It's uh, I don't know, man. It it it's it's kind of t- kind of tough to call that one. The interesting one for me is is lights, and then the rescheduled one against New Mexico. <sighs> I mean, especially when you're going back to play that game, it's going to be on it's going to be on the on the road again in New Mexico. Um, I just don't like how these stack up for Galaxy, and even if two wins puts them above Rising, 
I don't think they're going to take two games. Even if they are at home, that's asking a lot. And in this crunch time scenario, you're asking for in back-to-back weeks to take six points. And I know that's what we're asking rising to do, but this time of year, it's, it's just crunch it's not time. just back to back weeks, is it? It's it's three games in a week. You've got to get six right. points. And that's where the question is really. Well, well I mean, te- teams this time, you're like, they're looking to, you're almost wanting to not make the mistake. And especially teams like this, where they're maybe not, they're maybe not in the most like high scoring form, I'm not saying LA Galaxy specific, specifically, but like teams in general. I feel the nerves are going to kick in where you're trying to play not to lose rather than to win. And especially if you're in that position where all these teams on the, on the tie break, all these teams, yeah, they want the win, but like a point is really going to help their case. I, I worry that we're going to see some low scoring results and we're kind of going to see teams say, we live to fight another day. Let's bunker down. Let's control our own destiny and go from there. I hope I'm wrong. I hope they take it to them and it opens up some opportunities for, okay, well you can drop points, but I don't know, man. It's uh, it's it's really tough when you have these one-off scenarios. Like if we were talking about this a couple weeks ago, very different. But yeah, we'll see. But you know what I'm gonna say? Yeah, we will have a much better idea. Look, to Thomas's point here, first of all, we can do it. Quit with the pessimism. I think this weekend is the weekend that will show whether they can do it or not. Yeah, for sure. Uh, by the end of this weekend, we'll have a really good picture as to whether it's realistic or not. The only thing I'll say in here is shout out to Michael with the Drew Mexico reference here. Uh, New Mexico, of course, renowned for uh, drawing. Um, real thrilling team. But yeah, Drew Mexico. So Mexico. Nice. Let's see what else we've got. Galaxy under 12s put them out against Atlanta too. Yeah, why not? Why not? Who knows? Who cares? Do it. Do it. Why yeah. not? I, I'd, I'd back that. I'd back it. Do it. Yeah. Get the 15-year-olds out. What, how could that possibly go wrong? Actually, well, no, what? Red Bulls seem to beat Atlanta too. So no, maybe don't get the 15-year-olds out. They need to be younger. Oh gosh. Okay. Yeah. Well, if you have a fifteen, if you're having a fifteen-year-old in goal, goal, what do you have? Like someone in drive with their driver's permit starting goal next? What do you got? A preteen in there? Goodness gracious. So Max, what are we thinking? How realistic is it? Come on, we've just gone through all the circumstances. How realistic are we talking? I mean, it, again, let let get get through Saturday. It's interesting that we go through all this, and as we should. But we have to get through Saturday. You're facing a team who is coming off a short rest. They rested a bulk of their starters, but they're going to be weary. They had to travel a bit, get through Saturday, and get through it convincingly, get through it without injuries. If possible, try to rest your guys. But let me rephrase. Not rest your guys because you're going to have to play them full on. Like They're going to have to go start the whole way. But... You have to think with both games in mind, but you got to know if you do not win, you you don't really stand a chance. You have to take Saturday and give it your all. Um, I think it's possible. And again, we've been saying this for weeks. I'm surprised that it is because in, in all actuality, the math, I, it doesn't make sense. Rising has caught form at the right time. Um, I don't know. Do we, do we want to go into predictions for scoreline for Saturday? Oh, for Saturday. You know, we should have yeah. done this earlier, but you know, know. what? Yeah, I forgot to do it because I was too busy asking about beers. Um, <laughs> oh, one thing, actually, sorry, before we do, a, I'm going to let you think and you can go first. Uh, but while while you're thinking, I'm going to just relay a fact to those of you who are interested here, which is that did you know that Phoenix Rising has won as many games as New Mexico United this year? The more you know. Interesting. Yeah, they both won eleven games, huh? Huh. Um, and now we and now we focus back to okay. I see. All right, Max, want, go on. You you're you're up first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's funny because I posed the question to you, but okay. Uh, C three Thomas three one. Um, give me. Dude, I think it's gonna be ugly. Give me one one nil. I will be optimistic. Phoenix rising one nil. Two one rising. All right, Luis Sejas with a goal near the end. Screamer. I'm gonna say, ooh, I like it. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say Greg Hurst works the magic. He he will not get the start, even though I want him to, because JJ Williams put in a nice performance. He'll come on and he'll get something like the 80th minute. Greg Hurst goal. I think I think Aiden gets the first simply because I'm gonna have Gabby threatening again and wins a penalty. 
Okay. The penalties have got to keep coming now. You know, they've started leaking. <laughs> they've just started coming at the end of the season. There hadn't been one before Monterey Bay, and now <laughs> they've had three. Aiden so. <laughs> Quinn, penalty merchant, am I, am I right? Uh, no. <laughs> no he's, got, he's got to rack no. up those goals somehow. No. Got to rack up those goals somehow. Well, <laughs> you know what? We'll have to take a look. Not yet. Unfortunately, the odds aren't out yet, but they will be out tomorrow. Those odds for Phoenix Rising against RGV, as well as for all of the USL Championship games on Saturday. You'll find them on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. So make sure to hop on there. You can take our advice or you can ignore our advice. And if you ignore our advice, maybe you've got a better chance of winning some money. But uh, there's always, always USL games on there. You can bet on a lot of things. Correct score, number of goals scored overall. You can bet on who's going to be winning at half time, mm-hmm. Or you can just keep it simple and bet on who's going to win the game or if it's going to end in a draw. So make sure to hop on there, check that out. And of course, if you'd rather, you can also uh, take a look at the NFL as well. Max, do you bet on the NFL at all? I do. I dabble. I'm be- I bet on uh through a little parlay down on tonight's game, Thursday night football. Um, Fun fact, if you want to make it more suspenseful, don't take total points in the first quarter and then it proceeds not to hit it and your parlay is completely trash. So maybe I'm not the one trying to give out betting advice. Do not listen to me when it comes to uh, American football. But uh, now if we're talking uh, our kind of football. Maybe that's a different story. Um, I would say I would say for, for NFL, they do. And I know you're going to you have the, the info on their different specials they got going. But just throwing it out there for USL, like I said, a lot of teams going to be cagey. I personally think these are going to be some low-scoring matches to end the season. People are going to not want to open up too much. Low-scoring affairs, and I think it's going to be more draws than you think. Watches come back to absolutely blow up in my face when we do this of next course. week. But yes, of course, naturally. But yes, go on, go on. Yeah, I mean, of course it's going to blow up in your face. But just remember, if you are going to go out there <laughs> and bet on the NFL to do so with the DraftKings Sportsbook app, new customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win, and they get $200 in free bets if they do. Think about all the USL games that you could use those free bets on. Oh, yeah. That's a lot. And if that's not enough, everyone can boost their winnings with DraftKings stepped up same game parlays. Right now, for every leg you add, you can boost your winnings up to 100%. With payouts bigger than ever, why would you bet on it anywhere else? And to make things even sweeter, you can throw down on those stepped up same game parlays once per game day all season long. So make sure to go over to the DraftKings Sportsbook, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, use promo code PHNX. That's promo code PHNX on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Remember that minimum age and eligibility restrictions do apply. Check out the show notes for details. Yeah. 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 And then not only that, but when you win money on there, you've got the money ready to come out to the final game of the season when Phoenix Rising are definitely still going to be in the playoff, aren't they, Max? <clears throat> yes uh, of course d- yes d- d- disclaimer disclaimer we are not fortune tellers uh may lose and price on game time may plummet to even lower levels which is good for your wallet bad uh for rising <clears throat> yeah yes. but hey who knows <laughs> maybe maybe they are indeed still gonna be in it i know that multiple members of our chat are going to agree with that one that actually phoenix rising are going to definitely gonna be in it because they're gonna actually make the playoffs on that final day well make sure that you can get out there and watch that game you want to be out there to watch that game, don't you? I mean, this is Rising coming back from the dead. I will coming say this. Coming back from the dead. I will say this. The Game Time app already has very low prices. And if you look, check out the link in our description. It'll take you right to there. My word, if Rising wins on Saturday, those prices on Game Time are still going to be pretty solid. Don't get me wrong. But book now, because if they win... All hell is going to break loose. Thomas, yes, I love it. Love to see that in the comments. Okay, we're I love it. Winning the title, fantastic. Michael, you're like, not wrong. You you're not wrong. Out, the use, Phoenix. <laughs> yes, yes. Oh, there's, there's the pun. I love it. Yes, but you know, uh, check out the game time app because those tickets are gonna be phenomenal. Phenomenal, phenomenal, especially if they win on Saturday. And you know you want to be there because this is why we love it. If they win on Saturday, it sets up that match. Oh, gosh, man. Like, mm, like give give it to me. Get to the game. Have a, have a good time. Say you're going to be there. Like, this is what we're talking about. Check out the link. 
Yeah, so make sure to check out that link yeah. in the description below in the show notes there. Remember, you can save up to 60% on those tickets. We've seen them pretty cheap for Phoenix Rising in the past. And, you know, you can save more sometimes when you get them last minute. But, hey, why not just hop in now? Hop in now because you never know. If Rising is still in it, those prices going up. So they'll still be cheap, but they'll be going up. So get them now as cheap as you can and get them next week. When when, When they were dead to rights month and a half, two months ago, they were $4. Now I'm seeing them for around 20 Still pretty solid, but like, man, get them and now. And they're solid for get... where they are, to be clear. Those $20 tickets aren't the bleacher tickets. They're, no, they're for good sure. tickets. For sure. 100%, tickets. 100%. Yeah, I, yeah, absolutely. But like, get them now, because after Saturday, <laughs> like, still many good, but get them, get them now. Buy low, sell high. Yeah, so check out that link in the description to make sure you go get your tickets. Meanwhile, we've got some other things to talk oh. about, Max, haven't we? Gosh, I knew it. I knew I knew this was a very long break. That graphic was up. Mm-hmm. I, I I left it. I'll be honest. It stayed up because, you know, the unveiling had to happen at the right time. There, That's but what I'm saying. I get let's that. Let's be honest. <laughs> there was a fantastic result for a uh, certain team in football today uh, over in the women's side of the game. Yeah. Wales getting the win over Bosnia and Herzegovina. That keeps them alive in the hunt for their first World Cup appearance. Yeah, the tide, what, they're playing away to Switzerland next mm-hmm. week. If they win that game, depends on quite what happens elsewhere as to whether they qualify directly or have to go to the intercontinental playoff. But they could be as few as one game away from a World Cup. This is a this is a legitimate question. I'm not trying to I'm not trying to poke fun at you. If the Wales women's team makes the World Cup, who will advance farther? In their respective World Cup, the men's team or the women's team? Good question. Um, depends. Really depends. Um, I feel as though Wales in the men's side definitely has the ability to make the knockout stages, but equally, I feel as though in the women's side, they probably do if they get there as well. I mean, the biggest sure. challenge often, and this is serious now, the biggest challenge you find, I think, for teams from Europe is getting there. Mm-hmm. The level of competition in Europe for a limited number of places is huge, yeah. even though there are a lot of places that go to Europe. Yeah. And that's because just the number of countries there that have the professional infrastructure around the game that have, you know, pretty much all of their players on their squad playing professional games week in, week out. Uh, it, it's, it's difficult. So to me, I mean, look, I was looking at the world rankings today because obviously there's all the permutation and what happens if they end up in the Intercontinental Playoff. Wales, if they get to the Intercontinental Playoff, are the highest ranked team in the Intercontinental Playoff. Okay. So that's kind of where it is. And a lot of it comes down to the draw. You know, if you are unlucky and you draw a group that's got, say, Japan, and I don't know, there are multiple other teams in there that are very good teams even ignoring the us canada um you know even ignoring the big hitters in europe it's there there are good teams in there but then there are, it's like a real mixed bag isn't it let's be honest but then it's the same in the men's world cup as well there's a real mixed bag sometimes between drawing a group that has you know, in the one case here, the US can do some damage. Wales can do some damage. England go in as a team that should, in their own minds at least, go a reasonable way. And Iran, while they could do some damage, are not expected to. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... And you could have had a group that had more of another, like, Iran-esque team in there as well. You could have had two of them. For sure. Well, and I also get... it's a It's a difficult question, partly because... A, we don't know if the whale, the Welsh women's team are going to qualify, but also we don't know if you mm-hmm. know if they do what their group looks like. But it is quite interesting because we also have tomorrow a quite a marquee matchup between England and USA. No, not on the men's side, on the women's side. That is going to be, if I remember correctly, it is noon on Big Fox, noon our time yeah. on, on Big Fox. That's a massive matchup in England. Oh my goodness. That is rumor has it. Yeah. Rumor has it. There's live TV on my plane tomorrow and I may or may not be watching said game. Wait now and the live TV won't work, but I may watch said game. Um, 
look, it's one of those games, Thomas here. Yeah, you know what? I'll I'll support America tomorrow for that. Yeah. Go on. You heard yeah. wait, 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 wait. Okay, we're gonna get we're gonna get Sean to cl- Sean or Jacob to clip this and say, I'm gonna support USA. And I tomorrow. I hear, I hear that was talking about against the men's England. Team. The, men, the men, uh, the men's team. Oh, go, thank you. No, I appreciate no, that. No. They're not playing tomorrow. Yeah, but we I, I agree that. with Devon, by the way, on the World Cup. This is fine. I accept oh, this on the men's uh, World Cup side. Wales first, US second. I take that. Wouldn't you take that, Max? Honestly, if we get out of the group, I'll take it. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> hey, if 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 we get out of the group and England doesn't, that's a victory every day of the week. Clip it, clip good it. result yeah, for buddy. us all. Yeah, I think buddy. good result for us all if England can't get out of the group. And good result for us all if England don't win on the women's side as well. Because, yes. yeah, England. Sorry, sorry, England, but no, no, no. Right. Uh, one other thing I think we should touch on, just this is a little bit that I found quite interesting yesterday. It's, it's in USL. So we're going back to USL a little bit here rather than the other talk that we had. But um, Louisville City, of course, wrapped up the number one seed in the East. Uh, last night because of Memphis dropping points because of them getting the win over Detroit City. Mm-hmm. However, they did not hold a press conference after the game despite all the media down there set up ready for it. Yeah. To me, I mean, it's obvious why that decision was made. Uh, Lou City shares ownership with Racing Louisville. They ultimately, you know, <laughs> there's a lot of calls for James O'Connor, their club president, to go. Um, there was uh, a sign up in the Loose City end was arrest Holly, uh, referring to Christy Holly, of course, the former racing Louisville coach, the uh, JOC out. And yeah, in light of all that, they decided that there would be no press conference after Louisville wrapped up the top seed in the Eastern Conference, which to me, I think Bobby does have that correct in here he's calling them cowards i think it's a very cowardly move um especially when it's something that's really predictable that these kind of things were going to come up it's not like it broke while they were on the field of play and you've almost got that like well has the coach meant to react to it they had two days to prepare for this and they instead chose the coward's way out yeah i mean yeah there, there's really no other way to put it cow like very cowardly um i think you're seeing a lot of the discourse online where like an achievement like that on field is overshadowed by just the absolute you know bs that's happening off of it and i think the thing that i've actually seen uh sprout up yesterday was people are starting to get involved um one of the you know i don't have the graphic on the screen to display and i'll briefly kind of summarize it but they're uh the team's official spirit partner essentially put out a statement saying like we're disgusted by the actions our continued sponsorship are wholly going to depend on the team and NWSL's response to creating swift and meaningful change. Like I've seen fans tagging all of Louisville's partners, asking them to make a statement, consider reconsider your actions, things like that. And I mean, we've seen stuff in different realms of sport, right? Like, you know, for those that follow our Sun show, we've seen PayPal essentially say like, Hey, before Robert Sarver and he was outed, we're not going to we're going to reconsider our partnership if he's not out. You've seen this in the f- sport of soccer, football, whatever you want to call it um, beforehand. And it's like this is how the fans have a voice and this is how change is impacted when people stop feeding the bottom line, the dollar. That's where you can actually have a discourse about it. And the fact that to tie it all back, the team doesn't hold a press conference because they know they're not going to feel the questions about that you got to be able to face the music like that's bull. It's bullshit, man. It's bad. It is very bad. Again, all of this was known. It's not a surprise. Hey, it's, it's the cowardly way out, but you know what, Max, that's really bringing us towards our close here. But before we do, I can tell by the, lighting behind you that you're getting ready to cool down for the evening <laughs> oh man i know i know emma i know emma was uh what'd she say she said uh, earlier in the in the show a lot man. earlier yeah 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 way, way earlier it was uh my room's a vibe and uh thank you i think it's yeah there it is my, my background's a vibe uh it's really just because my uh lighting is uh still not up to par i i can't i can't match uh Owen's temporary temporary lighting, but uh, yes, I am getting ready uh, to bust out some ho- some grad school homework after this, and then I'm going to uh, take some OGs, their new CBN Sleep Edition gummies, to wind down for the night. 
I can't tell if voice. that I can't tell if that was more relaxing <laughs> or just straight up terrifying for the people listening. I think it's on slightly audio. terrifying, slightly it probably terrifying. Is. <laughs> just a little bit, just a little bit. But of course, as Max is mentioning, remember the OGs, they're changing the game. They've just launched their brand new sleep edition gummy. Mm-hmm. I'm told that you're not going to want to sleep on these. Thanks, Max. What a phenomenal joke that one is. I also read our ad copy, so yes, you're welcome. Yeah. For those who enjoy their puns, uh, hopefully as much as me, um, I haven't found an individual who who does because I'm quite cheesy. Uh, dad jokes without the, you know, being a dad. Um, <clears throat> anyway. Uh, you need a yeah. cheese sponsor by the sound of this if you're going to go that cheesy. But anyway, oh, yeah, I, <laughs> you're a big fan of those uh, sleep edition gummies, Max? Lo- love it. Like I said, love the whole entire gamut of what OGs has to offer. Big fan of the sleepy gummies. Like, honestly, they, they really do. I, I don't say, I have tried other sleep gummies before just really doesn't do the trick they don't taste good they taste overwhelmingly like cannabis these don't they're an aqua berry flavor they taste delicious um honestly if you're even experimenting you're like i don't know if i want to try it take half still does quite the job quite quite frankly uh, and it gives you a really nice restful sleep so uh, i would highly recommend it if you haven't had the chance to yeah, so go ahead, check them out online at ogsbrands.com. That's O-G-E-E-Z-Brands.com. And you can check them out on Instagram as well. They're there also as OG's Brands. And you can find their products at your local dispensary. If you want to check them out, make sure, again, pick up the Sleep Edition gummies. Give them a go. You can feel like the New Mexico United ground staff, you know, half asleep. Nice. And, of course, remember that you must be 21 years or older to purchase. Right, Max, I've got a plane to catch tomorrow. Two planes to catch, in fact, because RGV is kind of in the middle of nowhere. But uh, yeah, two planes to catch. We'll be back on Saturday after the game. Make sure to join us then. We'll be doing our live post-game show. We'll have the first reaction from the Phoenix camp, whether it be good or whether it be bad. We'll have to see. We may have a lot more answers come Saturday night. So make sure to join us on Saturday night. We'll be talking about the game. Yep. We'll see you then. Yep. See y'all.